What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Four Verts Podcast. Uh, today, as usual, we're going to be looking back at the Week 12 games and giving you all some recaps. So thank you for tuning in. Let's get it. We're back um, with the week, what, 12 recaps? Yeah. All right, yep. Who wants to go first? It's easier yeah. when you just to go. I'll go. I'll go ahead and go because um, not much recap. Um, yeah, tell us the score. What was the score? And then we can be done. <laughs> uh, score is 52 to 7. Um, it was 49 nothing at halftime. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, a bunch of young guys got some playing time. Um, the highlight of the game was probably George Pickens warming up in pregame. Him warming um, up was out. the highlight of the whole game. Yeah. As Jordan Davis <laughs> runs for down, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Davis – <clears throat> didn't get a touchdown. It took two tries, though, um, which is – It's kind of soft. Yeah, it kind of was. He didn't get it the first time, and I was like, well, that was just depressing. Um, so, they gave it to him again, and he got it. Um, Bro, the Charleston Southern defense is like, hell yeah, we stopped him. And then they're like, all right, line it up. We're doing it again. <laughs> yeah, let's run that back. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I, I can – sit here and talk about all the young guys that play, but there's really just no point. Um, who are they? Who are who are a couple young guys that look good? Um, Dumas Johnson looks good as uh, a linebacker. Um, number 10, I think. Um, Xavier Sori got some playing time. Smell uh, got some playing time. Linebackers. Um, He's like an edge player, isn't he? Mondin. Yeah. Um, and it's Sori, Sori and uh, Dumas Johnson on the inside linebackers. Um, but Dumas Johnson is probably going to be the best one out of the out of that unit of freshmen, um, in my opinion. One of them, one of the other ones, obviously, he's become a freak, but uh, he looks <laughs> good. Chaz played. Actually, I think Chaz started. Chaz Chambliss. Um, oh hell yeah! I don't know if he started or he he played. I mean, I remember seeing him like the second drive on defense, um, and that's because Nolan Nolan Smith didn't play, obviously. Um, so it was just Chaz and Robert Beal. Um, so I mean, we'll see. Robert Beal looks like he's filling Adam Anderson's spot pretty well. So, on or off? On. Okay, cool. On the field. Thank you. I don't think um, – Yeah, got to clarify here. Yeah, yeah, I don't want him to, to uh, fill in his spot off the field. Um, 
so yeah, from what I was worried about, uh, drop off, I don't think it's gonna be that big of a drop off because the next five stars are just filling his shoes. So must be nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, yeah, Lavosa Carroll got some playing time at corner. I'm really interested to see his progress out there in the next year or so, see if that transition works out or not. Um, he was a running back before or yeah. receiver? He was a running back. I'm, hey, I'm, I mean, hoping, I'm hoping it works he out. Like, it. He, like always, he, he always seemed like a uh, kind of a, like a leaner-looking running back anyways. Yeah, dude, he came like in. He, like, yeah, one, he's not like the stocky, like downhill SEC running back type thing. Um, no, he's he had to gain 20, 30 pounds. And lose all of his athleticism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So corners probably better fit anyway, but hopefully it works out like McCole. Uh, McCole flipped from a corner to a wide receiver his freshman year. So we'll see. Yeah, athlete. Yeah. Aaron Kendrick flipped from a receiver to a DB. Worked out too. Um, but yeah, uh, Carson Beck um, just keeps proving why he is not going to be the next guy. He probably needs to go somewhere else. <laughs> I really, I really hate watching him throw the ball. I'm so serious. It's it's so bad to watch. I mean, it's not like he's got a good arm, but just throws he makes is. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't have a good a good presence back there. Um, you a little scared. It's not really scared it's more just like a kind of like a, a lackadaisical like oh okay like, i have I, we have one of those yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i know exactly like, what you mean <laughs> everything like, looks it looks really slow yeah it looks, it looks slow it looks like nonchalant just like i don't want to be back here type vibe um so yeah. dig it when you give a fuck <laughs> Well, he's grown out in the hair, so I guess that's his uh, end goal. And it looks terrible. <laughs> maybe he's just maybe he's just trying to convince him that he's Brock. Maybe, dude. Brock's then, hair is like down to the numbers, bro. It's insane. It looks like Trevor. It's I don't know if this is ever down to the numbers. It's not going to be. He's not going to be Trevor, but <laughs> he can look Rapunzel, like maybe Trevor. No. <laughs> um, Brock actually did get it. Uh, some snaps, but it was just one of those where he came in and was just feeding the running backs the whole time he was in. He got like one throw, didn't even complete it. So poor guy. Um, maybe next year. Yeah, maybe next year. Oh yeah, the first 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 drive of the game. Stetson <laughs> Bennett throws a pick, and I just started dying laughing. I'm like, and this man doesn't miss. <laughs> it don't matter who we're playing. That man's throwing a pick, bro. I'm telling you. I'm you got saying, to. Keep him honest. He might throw a pick against Tech this weekend. It's, it's possible for that man. Um, but, yeah. Other... There won't be a, uh, a defensive back within the vicinity close <laughs> enough to, to one of those. Yeah, so. that's bold of you to assume they're going to have to <laughs> Well, y'all are probably better than Charleston Southern, so. Probably not. The fact that I you said it's probably right there is so disrespectful. That is really disrespectful. Divinity, you need it's to not apologize far for off. that. It's not far no, off. No, y'all, I, I know they're better. Um, yeah. Tindall does. I really hope he comes back. 
Uh, isn't he leading y'all in tackles right now, though? Yeah, bro. I know he was ball. at some point. He's going hard. He's so fast. He's also bigger than Nakobe, which I found surprising. I thought Nakobe was a lot bigger than he is, but. Kendall and Clay are both bigger. <clears throat> they all can run, bro. They all can run sideline to sideline. It's insane. Georgia, Georgia keeps about five of them. Could play running back, might play linebacker. <laughs> we, we LBU. You know how it is. Um, yeah, bet. I mean, I don't really know what else to say. Um, to be honest with you, that's kind of the kind of the keys to the game. Stetson throwing interception, Jordan Davis Check. getting a rushing touchdown, Check. munching a bunch of freshmen <laughs> coming in and playing. Um, Everybody that thought about being hurt didn't have to play. Check exactly like clean sweep. Wasn't, wasn't an issue. Um, so yeah. And uh, Charleston Southern got paid, so there you go. That's right. And we don't. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Speaking of, is there anything you want to say about the game, Sid? The Notre Dame game. Ah. Oh, you want me to talk about the Notre Dame game? I was. I was fully prepared to give only you if, all... only if you're comfortable. Only if you're I was, comfortable. I was fully prepared to give you 15 minutes um, about the game Friday night. In Athens, the basketball game. But um, I guess if y'all really want me to to talk about the Notre Dame game, I really don't have much to say. I mean, we came out, got a stop essentially on the first drive, which was huge. Got to the quarterback twice. Um, gave him good field position to begin with. Gave up a kind of a good or a uh, long kick return. Um, but ended up getting a stop. Kicked a field goal. We came out there. Jordan came out there. I mean, we didn't really know if we'd have Jeff or not. Um, when he came out there, kind of knew we'd be limited from the get-go, like I said. Um, I don't think Jordan's a bad player. I just He's just limited in what he can do. And when your offensive line's so bad, that, that only handicaps you, handicaps you further. So um, he comes out there. We pick up a couple first downs, um, running the ball, you know, getting the ball to Jameer. And then um, we uh, Jordan tries to drop back, tries to scroll out or uh, – scramble, roll out, tries to dump it off to Jameer and just, I don't know how he didn't see the linebacker, but did it right to him, um, takes it for a pick six. And it was kind of like that moment, everybody just quit. It was just like, all right, you got no response from that. And um, the defense was pretty much just, you know, dial a score from there. Um, couldn't really get a stop. Everybody was running wide open. Yeah, it was just, pretty bad. I mean, you really weren't that bad against run fits, but um, it eventually just got to the point where, you know, they could do what they wanted to. So, um, I mean, there's really not a whole lot else to say about it. Pretty fucking bad. <laughs> well, um, but yeah. So yeah. you would, you would think that there's probably going to be some sort of changes made. Oh, there's a hundred percent to yeah. the staff. So, what do you what do you think is the most likely? Like, who who would get let go? Probably not Jeff Collins, obviously. But no, I mean, I, I think it depends a lot. And I was going to get into that kind of on the next one, but it depends a lot that. on uh, depends a lot on how this week goes. Um, I mean, obviously, you're going to go out there and lose to Georgia. 
if you go out there and lose to Georgia by 60 points, there's no fucking reason for pushing off the inevitable of firing Jeff Collins. I mean, yeah, you're going to eat a lot of money, but um, the the money that you're going to, to lose in revenue from the next year just by keeping him is probably not worth um, keeping him and trying to save on money for the buyout. Um, if you go out there and you look halfway or half, halfway competitive, um, I think you can try to give him one more year to try to, I mean, the, the buyout goes down like $6 million after this year. Um, so you can try to give him one more year. Uh, Thacker's gone. Um, he essentially has no coaching duties this week, um, which has been way past due, but I get you're not going to do anything midseason. Um, then I think you could see an upgrade at offensive coordinator. Apparently the money's there. Um, there's people willing to pay for it. And people are frustrated to the point of where, you know, the donors are willing to kind of step up and front that money. So I definitely think we're going to get an upgrade on defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. Um, as for the defense, I really don't think it takes much. If someone steps in and fix, fixes just the stupid uncoached errors, um, we're just so poorly coached on that side of the ball, so undisciplined. If, if a coach steps in and just fixes those little things, I mean, that's worth two, three wins right there. Um, if, you, if you take your defense out of the bottom – uh, of the basement in NCAA in, in terms of total defense. If you go from 100 and whatever, I think we're 114th to 50 or 60, shit, that's that's worth two games right there. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's enough to save Jeff. I think that might be prolonging the inevitable. I don't really know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you have to keep Deshard choice no matter what you do on the offensive side of the ball. Um He'll stay regardless. I think you'd ideally like to keep Brent Key. Um, other than that, everybody else can um, everybody else can get fucked. I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> so. Yeah, I hate well, to put it bluntly like that, but um, it's to the point where I don't even really give a shit if you're seeing any type of improvement on the field. Um, I don't believe you're seeing much, but even if you are, it doesn't show up in the wins and losses column. And um, I think the, set, the stat Sam pointed out earlier says enough. Um, the worst three of the three of the top. What was it, Sam? Seven, eight losses. You're on mute, bro. You're muted. Oh, yeah, three of the three of the top seven um, worst defeats for Tech since 1970 in terms of point difference has been Jeff Collins. Yeah, He's had one each year. He's been there. And the, the only team – and what's surprising is Georgia's not one of the teams. Granted, he's only played them once, but Georgia's not one of the teams in, considered in that. And we haven't played them this year yet, so that scares me. Could be a four out of the top seven. Could easily boot one of those out. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I just know it's a miserable time within the fan base. It's fucking miserable on the boards. Everybody's over it. Um, it's pretty divided. I mean, I think there are still people out there willing to give Jeff another chance for a year. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I think it really just kind of depends on what we look like this week. I mean, if the kids are out there and they look like they've quit, if they've quit on the coach, there's no point in sitting there keeping them for another year over some money. You're going to you're gonna lose that money and support the program just by keeping the guy. So, um, yeah, pretty rough time. There was uh there were people talking, and this is probably all smoke. <clears throat> That's why I didn't, haven't brought it up yet. But there were people talking that uh, 
about Jameer leaving after the year's over? That's, I mean, it, I could definitely see it happening, but that, that talk is coming from our fucking bitch fans that are yeah. like <laughs> so defeatist, like, oh, he's leaving for sure. Why would you stay? Or he needs to go. Like, he's going to get used more. No, the fuck he's not. His touches aren't going to go up anywhere if he's going to a championship contending team. If he goes to Ohio State, he's going to split reps with Travion Henderson. You think they're going to bench Travion Henderson and put him in the game? And then for Master Teague, if Master Teague stays. And then, I mean, hell, he's not going to Georgia. I mean, who's Georgia going to bench and, and place for him? So he's getting his touches. Yeah, he could probably get better yardage if he had a better offensive line. But, I mean, going into his junior year, the most important year prior to getting drafted, he's going to go and decrease his reps. I mean, I don't think the kid's stupid. Also, to, like the relation, the reason why he's here is because of Shard Choice, that relationship. Tashard's certainly not going to quit. Um, we're going to keep him. I don't think he's going to quit on Tashard. I could be totally wrong. And yeah, he may transfer if he goes to, you know, someone that is okay. They don't have any running backs and they may win seven games compared to four, whatever we're going to win next year. I don't fucking know. But I mean, you're not going to see him. You're not going to see him go to uh, Ohio State or Georgia or Bam. Like someone was like on our board, Bama needs a running back next year. No, the fuck they don't. Look at the <laughs> running back room. It's just people that have no idea about what they're talking about and they get in their feelings because we fucking suck. And he's a phenomenal player. He would be starting anywhere in the ACC. And he'd probably start at most most schools, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I I think at most schools. Yeah. But there's also schools like y'all's running back room or Ohio States that, I mean, ours is good, but we don't have, 35 stars sitting there, you know? Um, and I think Jameer would compete with any of those guys. I think he's just as good as any of those guys, but you're not going to bench one of those guys to – Yeah. Or he's not just going to step in and take those guys' reps. You know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah he, has guys, a, he has a very unique skill set for a college player. You don't see a ton of running backs that are running routes out of the backfield and being used in three phases of the game like he is. You just – I mean – you see lots of guys that run the ball and return kicks, but you don't see you don't see a lot of guys that are taking six, eight catches a game like he has. So I mean, in that sense, it doesn't matter where he goes; they're going to find a role for him. He's going to play. But you're right; he's not going to be a lead back somewhere like Bama or Ohio State, or right. you know, somewhere that's got two, three other guys that are established in the scheme already. And right, they're, they they they're in the they've been in the system for two years. They know the scheme. They know they're fit. So, like, is he going to step in and just take all their snaps? I just don't see it, especially going into his junior year. I mean, I could see if this was his freshman year and he wanted to dip and he had something more to show. But, I mean, he's number one in the country, all-purpose yards. He's getting you – I mean, what else does he really have to show in terms of draft stock? Yeah. I mean, he's – No, I mean, they're going to credit him for the fact that he's making his own yards. Yeah, I I mean – He's not getting help. I wish I could – If he's gaining yards – I wish I could show plays of – I mean, this past weekend our offensive line was I, – I don't even have words for it. Um, and he gets the ball and he shakes three guys in the backfield and picks up five yards. He's done more work in the backfield than he is to get the five yards once he gets to the line of scrimmage. It's just like uh, – I mean, yeah, I feel for the dude, but you got to think hopefully the offensive line is going to get better. I mean, we haven't had a guy stay healthy worth the shit, but that's football. Um, but 
I don't know. I, the whole Jameer transferring thing, like that's our defeatist fan base. That is really just a bunch of bitches. Yeah, um, that's. I mean, I, I, I highly doubt he's gonna leave. Yeah. Um, it's gonna. It's his his role is gonna be like, or like his career after even if after he leaves Tech is gonna be like kind of, Camara was. Because like McCara, McCara went to Mc, wow, McCara. Um, Alvin. AJ McCarran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, his his he he wasn't heard of in college. You know he was. You know yeah. people knew about him a little bit, but his the focus of that team was uh, the quarterback. Uh, um, it wasn't it wasn't Dobbs, was it? Um, Alopecia guy at Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, it was Josh Dobbs. And yeah, Josh he was there Dobbs. with Dobbs. Yeah. yeah. He was, but, I mean, he transferred from Bama. Yeah. Yeah, where he was behind Derrick Henry and <laughs> yeah. Bro. So, so, for him, it makes sense. He goes yeah. to, to, to Tennessee and gets 90% of the touches. Well, not literally, but, you know, he gets a lot of them. But, and, I mean, yeah, I think that's a perfect that, – that's who Ja – mimics his game after that's who he wants that's like who he wants to be as a Camara type and I think that's what we're trying to use him as me too um but and I also think it depends if we get an offensive coordinator in here that's creative you know it's a big name which I, we have the money to do I mean that's the other thing I don't want to sit here and take up too much time but we're second to last in the ACC in terms of coordinator pay I mean you reap what you sow you know what I'm saying? If if that's all you're putting into it, you're going to get what you pay for. In, in 2002, we were the second in the ACC in coordinator pay. This year, we're second to last in coordinator pay. So I don't, I don't really know. Like, I'm not going to get into all what's caused that, but we're in a situation of where, um, we, I don't know if it's people not giving or the money's not there, or just bad financials. I don't know. But, I mean, you look around the college football, teams that are competing with good coordinators, they're not paying them pennies on the dollar. They're paying them good money. You got to get a coordinator in there, you're paying a million a year. I mean, that's just what this game is now. And if you want to keep up, you got to do it. And so for someone like Jameer to have him get somebody in here that is going to be able to utilize them the right way. I mean, I think I think Davis tried, and we've shown a little bit, but – I just, in the long term, I don't think it's he's going to get it done. So why not go ahead and rip that bayonet off and get it done? So, I don't know. Kind of getting off tangent, but I could fucking talk for hours about this <laughs> shit. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't blame you. It sucks to see your team get beat like that and just see lack. To, lack to at least not be, to at least not be competitive at all. Yeah. I mean, shit, it got worse. We played Notre Dame last year and lost 31-13. I mean, that's <clears throat> that's how it was with Muschamp last year. I mean, it was just the the get we just kept getting beat worse and worse as the season went on. So it was it's just, just it was like we were getting worse um as a team the whole time. So the defense is just getting see. worse. So I I'm hundred percent confident we will have a new defensive coordinator by the time next year starts. I think we'll have a new quarterback coach, a new safety coach, and a new linebackers coach because Dacker is obviously the linebackers coach. I think that's at a minimum as of right now. So that ought to be good. Make for an interesting offseason. Yeah, that's for sure.
Um, yeah, I can get into the Auburn game here. Obviously, 21-17 victory for the boys, um, the Gamecocks. Uh, big win to get to bowl eligibility against, um, you know, old Mike Bobo and his return to Columbia. Um, obviously, TJ Finley was a starter for um, the injured Bo Nix. Um, but even with him, Auburn jumped out to a pretty quick lead on us, 14-0 uh, in the first quarter. Um, after Jason Brown threw an interception on our second drive uh, with the first one being a three and out. Um, it seemed like uh, it seemed like it was going to get out of hand pretty quick there. Um, uh, and also uh, losing Cam Smith um, like midway through the first quarter didn't help. But after the first quarter, the offense and the defense both kind of settled down. Um, actually, a big play that, that shifted momentum was after we scored our first touchdown, um, Auburn had a fourth and one on their side of the field, decided to go for it. Um, and it's true head scratcher. Yeah. Instead of just running Tank Bigsby out the middle, which they definitely would have gotten it, they decided to run a play action pass down the field to a tightly covered Demetrius Robinson. So um, thank you for that, Mikey. We appreciate it. Um, that was a huge turn in the game there. Um, but yeah, defensively the whole game, we we loaded the box. We we knew they were, they wanted to run the ball. Um, you know, our base defense is a nickel, uh, but we played three linebackers on the field. Um, a little less than half the snaps um, in a failed attempt to stop the run because Tank ended up going for 164 on 22 carries anyways. Um, but either way, you know, we set a lot of pressure at TJ Finley. We want to see if, uh, if he could beat us with his arm. Um, and even though we only got one sack in the books, uh, we pressured him on 24 of 35 dropbacks. Um, uh, he ended up going 17 for 32 for 188 yards, one touchdown, ended with a QBR of 27.7. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's not very good. Um, as for our QB, old Jason Brown, um, old Patrick Mahomes light, um, he didn't have a massive day in the stat book. And, I mean, he hasn't in the games he's played this far. But after throwing that early interception, he really settled down and, and ran the offense pretty smoothly. Uh, ended up 10 for 15 for 157 yards and three touchdowns. And obviously that pick, um, it was really obvious that he made a point to move up in the pocket a lot this game rather than do his rollout move. Um, he did it almost to a fault in this one. Um, you know, sometimes – Sometimes it would go good and would lead to a big play. And sometimes he'd kind of run himself into a sack, um, kind of stepping up when it, when he didn't really need to step up there. So if he could find a nice balance between between stepping up and uh, rolling, you know, rolling back, then that would be great. But he was also pressured on uh, 11 of 20 dropbacks. So it's not like he had a bunch of time to throw. So, you know, it wasn't all on him, but – um Zaquandre White had another big game um I don't know why we haven't used him like this all season um he was both our leading rusher and our leading receiver uh 22 yards on the ground 69 yards to the air and a touchdown um total of 168 yards which accounted for 54 percent of our team's total yards um so he was really just out there doing it all for us um he's really patient um, but he and he likes to bounce it outside and he he has enough speed to to get outside on um you know on most most linebackers 
Um, he is a pretty fast guy, but he's also not scared to to run up the middle and, and hit you in your mouth. Um, and you can, you can tell he played linebacker or signed that linebacker for Far State. Well, he signed a running back and they moved him to linebacker. Okay, never mind then. I I retract my statement. But he played he played a little safety for us last year too. So, but anyways, um, him and Kevin Harris are actually starting to look like a, a decent duo. Um, in the backfield, which is nice. It could it would have been great earlier in the season, but you know, whatever, whatever, whenever works for you guys, I guess. But um, Josh Van continues to produce. Um, I mean, he didn't have like a, an overly crazy day, three catches for 37 yards. Um, but he's just, you know, he's just reliable, runs nice routes. He just has really, I mean, can't say enough about what he's done this year after really not doing anything for his first three, four years. I don't even know, three years on campus, I think. Um, and then Xavier Leggett had a big catch. Um, I think it was on a third down, which he fell, and I think he got a concussion. I don't know. I don't know his status for this coming up, this upcoming game. But um, And then Nick Muse had a nice, nice uh, reception, running catch, uh, or catch and run. Um, and then DeCarion Joyner actually had a couple of nice plays, which was nice to see. Uh, I've kind of been dogging on him a little bit this season, but, um, you know, it was nice to see him get get a couple chances there. The offensive line, they played all right. Um, we're still still shuffling it up. We moved Jalen Nichols to left tackle. It didn't seem to make that much of a difference, but, you know, they played well enough. Um, you know, if they if they can get, get us a win in a ball game, whatever. Um, D-line played well, as usual. Obviously, they could have stopped the run a little bit, little bit better, but – um, you know, that's also on the linebackers a little bit. Uh, linebackers, um, like I said, we played a lot of 4-3, so which gave uh, Mo Caba, who's um, a redshirt freshman, a, time, a chance to get the most snaps he's had all season. He had a pretty solid game. Uh, five tackles, one tackle for loss. He actually looks like a SEC linebacker. Our other guys don't really um, – I don't know. He just he looks more like an actual SEC linebacker than our other guys. Damani Staley's kind of a stocky guy, and he's he's not the fastest. Um, Brad Johnson was a was a pass rusher for the past four years, getting moved to middle linebacker, um, and 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 that's what it looks like a, a DN playing linebacker for us. But Mo Cobb actually looks like a true linebacker, and it's nice to see that he's progressing. Um, then the secondary, another bright spot. Um, Auburn couldn't really do much through the air. Um, even though we lost Cam Smith early, um, our secondary has actually been – I thought they were going to be a weak spot of this team going into the season, but they've really they've really shown to be a solid unit. Um, shout out to big Trey Jones on the touchdown. Uh, Trey Jones is an offensive lineman. Um, usually wears number 72, switched to 44, plays a little fullback, a little tight end. Um, He's really fast for his – he weighs like 305 pounds, but um, when we were recruiting him, he ran a 4.740. So, it's cool to see him being used in some interesting ways. Um, and then you got to mention the play at the end of the game. We might have gotten a little um, a little home-cooking call right there. Probably wasn't indisputable evidence to overturn the call on the field. But Auburn deserves that shit. It was karma for all the other games that they've won from bad calls. Arkansas last year on the Bo Nix backwards spike. Ole Miss last year on the Sean Shivers tipped kickoff that Ole Miss recovered in the end zone. Should have been a touchdown. They didn't get it. 
Um, Georgia State this year, the obvious incomplete pass that led to the to winning touchdown um, late in that game. So I don't feel bad for them at all. They deserve it. And, and all the years, you know, you know, the past three or four years, they're full of luck. It's a big football team full of luck. Even 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 when they won the national championship, they had um, what's his name? I can't even think of the guy's name. The running back they had um, with Cam Newton when he got rolled over by the Oregon guy, Michael Everybody Dwyer. There, Michael yeah. Dwyer. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's a fifty yards. Yep. Yeah. Just. Yep. So I don't feel bad for him. All Auburn fans crying. Whatever, bro. Y'all have gotten that so many times in the past. Anyways, Mike Bobo, you suck. I'm so glad we beat you. Take Bigley's 0-2 against South Carolina. He made the wrong decision. But, yeah, we're going bowling. That's all I got. I guess that just leaves me, huh? We saved the best for last. Yeah. Which is good because we actually look like Clemson this week. So, that was extremely exciting for me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Wake came in ranked number 10. Um, apparently, um, our, uh, apparently our head coach got a little upset with the staff last week and lit a fire under their ass and said, quote, Wake Forest doesn't belong in the same field as us, and it comes down to coaching, so do your job, end quote. Um, so that's nice. That's nice. It's nice when your coach uh, doesn't, doesn't take mediocrity very well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, by far the best offensive output of the year. Um, season high in total yards, 543. Most of those came on the ground, 333. Um, Shipley and Pace, studs. I mean, I don't think that they got tackled by the first guy that hit them all game. Shipley had 19 carries for 112. Pace, 24 for 191. They both had two rushing touchdowns. Um, well, Shipley also had a, had a passing touchdown, so that was pretty cool. Um, I mean – Combined, they had 43 carries, uh, one catch, one pass, and they went for 323 yards from scrimmage and accounted for five touchdowns. So basically, when we ran a play and the ball ended up in Shipley or Pace's hands, we averaged about seven and a half yards of carry, yards of touch, excuse me, 7.17, so more like seven, which is uh, very, very, very efficient. Love to see that. Um, and also, in hindsight, the fact that we held both of them last week against UConn looks like a uh, looks like a really smart move now. So that's always nice when stuff works out like that. Also held Will Putnam last week. He came back in, and that was part of our offensive line dominating. I mean, we knew Wake was a little bit soft. Um, that's why they devote so many numbers to the box, like I talked about. But you know, when you're averaging giving up 201 yards game, um. Which is, which is strange because, like I talked about last week, Wake has games where they, they look really good defensively in terms of the run, and they have games like Syracuse and, and us where you go for 300-plus. Um, <clears throat> Louisville did the same thing to them. UNC, same thing. So just kind of, a, you know, one of those things where, yes, it's probably some of the opponent, but really nice to see us have a consistent push all day up front. I mean, we threw two passes in the second half. I think we ran about three plays over and over and over just that power trap and they could not stop it. Whoever we had pulling was cleaning up their linebackers and they just, they just, they just weren't about that life. So that's always nice to see. Um, but the, the, the John Bosco connection is for real. DJ looks like a different quarterback when he throws the ball to Bo Collins. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. He has no accuracy when throwing to anybody else, but when he throws to Bo Collins, he drops dimes. 
So my 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 thought, just throw to Bo Collins every play. Just see what happens. Um, but, I mean, just in this game, he had on a third and eight, um, did a little Ben Roethlisberger impression where he just kind of like slowly and unathletically threw two guys that should have sacked him away from him. And then off his back foot, casually throws it 50 yards for a uh, for a 52-yard bomb to Bo Collins. Uh, that set up our first touchdown of the game, which we ended up going up 10-zip. Um, and then midway through the third quarter, uh, you know, throws an absolute dime about uh, 45 yards down the field from the opposite hash uh, to Bo Collins. Um, and that was a 58-yard touchdown, put us up 31-13. And for all intents and purposes, pretty pretty much ended the game. Um, so three weeks in a row going back to the Louisville game, and then last week against UConn, third week in a row where his best throw of the year um, goes to Bo Collins. So, again, I can't explain what's going on with him and Bo Collins, but he just looks so comfortable throwing the ball to him. Um, so in this game, DJ was only 11 of 19. Like I said, only threw two passes in the second half. Had 208 yards, touchdown, and a pick. Uh, Bo Collins had four catches for 137 and a touchdown. So two-thirds of his production in this game came when throwing to number 80, which is always nice. Over the last three weeks since Bo Collins has been in the starting lineup, he's accounted for 42% of DJ's yardage. He's got 669 yards passing in those three games, um, and Bo Collins has 281 of them. 30% of his completions – 15 of the 50 completions he's had in the last three weeks have gone to Bo Collins. That doesn't even count the, the times he's targeted him and, and it hasn't been complete. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's taking up a huge chunk of, of our target share right now. Um, you know, we do have seven scholarship receivers on the sideline currently, but that's neither here nor there. Um, speaking of the receivers, the perimeter blocking was as good as it's been at any point this year. Uh, Dakari Collins, another freshman, um, just erasing guys consistently. We actually ended up starting Will Sweeney because we're in a we're in a real bad spot right now. Um, but as as much as I want to make fun of it, he actually had a fairly decent game in the sense that blocking guys, he took their nickel out of the play four or five times. Um, he also, when you have two true freshmen and Bo and Dakari Collins out there, um, he was ended up getting those guys lined up more often than not. Um, but the blocking by receivers really helped open up some, some runs and, and helped get us to the second level, which you always want to see. Um, and then you have Davis Allen. Our tight ends are emerging as a, as a bigger part of the offense right now. Um, we've we split him out in the slot quite a bit this year. Um, but this game, because obviously we're down so many receivers, he and the, the freshman Jake Brinningstool are, are basically extra wide receivers. We'd have them split out wide a few times. Um, but like I said, Allen's really coming into his own, had a touchdown in this game, um, and he's currently tied for second on the team in catches with 26, and there's a three-way tie for leading touchdowns um, with three, um, and he's he's part of that. So, again, just really it's it's been nice to see us sort of mix up personnel groupings and formations and, and have more stuff going on pre-snap uh, the last few weeks, and, and you know, I've been – I've been hard on Tony Elliott all year about that, just, just from a lack of creativity standpoint. Um, and I understand that when your quarterback's not playing well, you sort of handicap yourself in that sense. You don't want to throw too much at him. Um, but again, we had more pre-snap shifting and, and, and more personnel groupings in terms of 12 and 13 personnel in this game than we've had all year probably. And it's really been coming along since the loss of Pitt. Um, 
coincidentally, our, our quarterback's been playing a little bit better in those last four games. Um, and we've won all of them. So there seems to be a, a nice little trend working here. Um, but like I said, since I've since I talked so much shit about Tony Elliott early on, I, I feel compelled uh, to point out when he's doing something well. But defensively, I mean, this was this was a Clemson defensive game, uh, just the way you want to draw it up. Uh, I talked about in the preview the way that you can really throw off Wake Forest offense and that little funky slow mesh RPO thing they do is just interior pressure, just blitz up the A gap, get your defensive tackles in the backfield. And that's exactly what we did. I mean, the first play of the game, you have Skowski running through the A-gap like a freaking madman, um, runs through the line, runs through the running back into Sam Hartman for a loss of seven. And that's that pretty much set the tone. I mean, we ended up as a team with seven sacks, three quarterback pressures, 10 tackles for loss. Um, I guess beginning of the season, our fourth defensive tackle, E.T. Rubin, um, had a huge game, only had two tackles, but they were both sacks. Uh, Trent Simpson set both of them up for him, but that's that's okay. Um, the interior of our defensive line in this game combined for two and a half sacks, three and a half tackles for loss, and we're pretty much wrecking everything for them. Um, which again, I mean, it's exactly how you draw it up against Wake. Um, like I said, Trent Simpson had the best game of his career, nine tackles, had a sack. Like I said, there's so many plays that don't show up on the stat sheet. Uh, I counted five that he absolutely blew up. Um, of those five plays, three of them resulted in sacks for people other than him. Uh, two of them, Sam Hartman ended up, one was a throwaway. One was, I don't know where he was throwing the ball, but he threw it at Andrew Booth's feet. Um, and then the other one, uh, Trent Simpson basically picks up their running back and throws him into the backfield. And Sam Hartman scrambles out and gets tackled for no gain. Uh, I will say Sam Hartman was – he looked a little gimpy in the second half. I don't know if he got rolled up on or something with his leg, but he he played his ass off. I'll give him that. Um, they got they got to go on hyperspeed here into the first half, beginning of the second half, once they found some rhythm. Uh, they did do a pretty good job of, I, I guess we were playing sort of a soft zone the whole day, trying to keep stuff in front of us. Uh, and they did a nice job of, of just taking what the defense was giving them. He didn't take a ton of deep shots. Um, and their receivers, frankly, didn't make a ton of really big plays, um, which is what they've been known for this entire season. So good to see the secondary play well. Um, I would argue it's probably the secondary's best game of the year. I mean, yes, they threw for 300-some-odd yards, but that's not the point. The point is that we had 10 passes defended, which is the most in three or four years, I believe, in a game. Um, you know, we did we did have some refs that were, were pretty much letting us have a boxing match, uh, in the secondary, but that's okay. There were three or four that probably could have been PI on us, but they had a couple that could have been on them too. So if it's going to go both ways, I'm, I'm cool with them letting it be physical. Um, but again, I mean, Makuba at safety had two pass, pass breakups. One of them was in the end zone. Uh, Booth had two or three defended, got a pick. Um, you know, Mario Goodrich didn't have his best day, but he had a few clutch tackles on third down, uh, made a couple plays on the ball. So everybody was involved there, which is, again, it's a total defensive performance. Um, all of Wake's points, uh, all 27 of them came in the red zone. They had six red zone attempts, only three touchdowns, though. Um, you know, they're, like I said, their tempo got us late in the game. Their final two drives went 10 plays, 25 yards, ended up in a, for a touchdown. So I don't want to call them garbage time touchdowns because we did still have starters and backups and guys rotating in. Um, but 
that skews a little bit. On the season, opponents are just 31% scoring touchdowns when they get in the red zone. We've had 29 defensive um, attempts in the red zone, and only nine have ended up in the end zone. Uh, they've kicked nine more field goals. So that's, what is that? That's 11 scoreless possessions when in the red zone. Um, you know, one of them in this game was a pick. The, the pick by Booth was at the 24-yard line. So um, stuff like that, I mean, you got to have it. You know, we're, we've kind of been bend, don't break all year, um, and nothing nothing changed in this game. Um, you know, third downs is another thing I've been harping on for weeks. Our offense ended up going seven of 11 for third downs and went one for one on a fourth down and goal. Um, so, I mean, much more efficient. Obviously, when you can run the ball and put yourself ahead of the chains, that's that's part of it. Um, but the other part of it is, is winning the turnover battle. Um, both teams have three turnovers, so not – not all that clean, but we had 14 points off turnovers. They had zero. Uh, we also won the field position game uh, right before half with about 30 seconds left. DJ threw one to Dakari Collins on a post route over the middle. It got tipped. The safety behind it was able to pick it off. So not, not necessarily a bad read, not necessarily a bad throw, just more of a good play by the defense, to be honest with you. But they got the ball on their own 35-yard line with 30 seconds to go. Um, and that was the best starting field position they had the entire game. So when you can when you can keep an offense like that deep in their own field and make them drive the length of the field against a good defense, uh, obviously your odds are going to increase. So again, this was. I'm not going to say we turned a corner. I'm not going to say that this was like things clicked and we're back to being what I thought we probably should have been early in the season. Um, but I think it's a good building block, you know, like Jacob said, how, why did we wait 11 weeks to start using Zaquandre White accordingly? You know, why does it take seven weeks for us to figure out the right offensive line and, and, and have enough receiver injuries where we get guys that want to block, but better late than never. Um, so I'm, I'm certainly sure. happy with, with the way we played. Um, and just some interesting stats. Um, Wake under Dave Carlson is one in 16 in games that have more than 50,000 people in attendance. Think about that. Interesting. Um, and to go along with that, uh, Wake had seven penalties in this game. Six of them were false starts. Crowd noise? Maybe. Um, that's the most false starts by a visiting team in Death Valley since 2014. Um, Dabo's birthday was also on Saturday. Uh, so happy birthday to him. Uh, no gave cares. him a nice little present by uh, smoking Wake Forest, but that's the sixth time he coached on his birthday since he became our head coach. Uh, we're currently 6-0 and in those games, so thank God South Carolina doesn't play us the week before Thanksgiving. Um, not also skipping Dabo's birthday. I mean, you should be. The stats don't lie. He doesn't I'm lose. Not, I'm not scared of him. I mean, you don't have to be scared to get your ass whooped, but we'll get to that next episode. All right. Um, also, Damn right, Mole. All right. <laughs> Uh, Clemson moves to 71 and one under Davo when rushing for 200 yards or more. Uh, the only time we've lost when doing that is when CJ Spiller went absolutely insane in the ACC championship game in 2009 when he ran for 200 by himself and was the only offense uh, since then. When we run for 200, we're 67 and 0. So, guess what? I think we need to do on Saturday. Uh, but again, we'll, we'll get into that more later. So, yeah. You know, like I said, it was the first time driving back from a Clemson game this year that I really felt like we uh, we played up to our capabilities and, and didn't play down to the opponent. Um, not that I think Wake is a top-ten team, but I do think Wake has a lot of 
experience and they are a good football team. So to, to really hand it to them was, was very satisfying. Good way to send off the seniors. Yeah, I think the turning point in that, <clears throat> in that game was that, uh, that back-to-back turnovers. <laughs> oh yeah. Right before uh, y'all went up 24-10 when DJ pitched it to the other yeah, team. I, and you know what's so crazy about that is that when I go back and look at it, I almost blame Kobe Pace because on that pitch play, you have to you have to get depth. You have to be a certain distance he, away from he the was quarterback. Like in the same line. He wasn't even right. like behind him. Yeah. Right. So you need to be behind him and he needs to be further away in theory. And that's kind of nitpicky. But then I go back to the fact that there is a guy right between them. Yeah. <laughs> DJ handed him the ball. Yeah. I thought when, when Wake got that ball, I was like, oh, they're about to go down and score and it's about to be a, a tie ball. And, game. And, and you're right, though. That was because, yeah, yeah. And it easily could have been, probably should have been. But next play, Baylor Inspector comes in, you know, white linebacker, you hit somebody in the face, ball comes out, Tyler Davis jumps on it. I mean, it's just, it's what you got to do. Like I said, 14 points off turnovers, and they had none, you know? That's huge. Um, that's, that's how you win games. It's the little things. Yep. Well, cool. Congrats to Clemson. Thanks, not. Thanks man. I appreciate that. Um, I'm glad y'all won too. It, it, it builds the suspense for this game. Is there anything else notable to hit on from week 12? Um, Oregon got absolutely dusted. Yeah. Uh, Michigan um, State, RIP. Michigan State's in the grave. God, um, that was bad, dude. I mean, we're, I guess. I guess we're pretty much down to C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young as uh, Heisman candidates. Um, yeah. You know, Ole Miss isn't scoring points anymore, which is odd. It is um, odd. They're not. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not. kind of – 31 against Vanderbilt. It's not great. Yeah, they put up – what did they put up? 27 against Liberty a couple weeks ago. I mean – Yeah. They put just, up – what was it, like 52 on Arkansas, who arguably has a pretty dang good defense. And now they can't even. I think Lane's too busy looking at other jobs. Probably it's or recruiting Arch. He's probably out of the Arch Manning speech days. Yeah, I saw I saw a video the other night where he was at his last game. Oh yeah, yes, all he was tweeting about that. That boy Lane crazy. You cannot let him loose in Coral Gables. I mean, seriously. You just can't. That sounds – I'm not going to go there. You know what exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you know, you know. Well, you know. Well, all right. I guess that's it. Um, thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>